Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing anywhere else. I'm Charlie Wright, and today is Veterans Day, November 11, 2016, and we have the distinct privilege and pleasure of having as our guest Martin Bergen, president and owner of Dunn Capital Management, a 30-year-plus commodity trading advisory firm in the futures market. Marty speaks to us from their headquarters in beautiful Stewart, Florida. Marty, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. How is your day going? My 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 day my week is going wonderfully here, Marty. Thank you for asking me. Okay, um, so Dunn Capital, uh, very interesting, very interesting background. Started by uh, Mr. William Dunn, Ph.D. in theoretical physics. Not exactly a background on Wall Street. Started in 1974. Uh, you guys have a research team that includes many people, including four PhDs, which much, which must make for very interesting conversations at lunchtime there. And then Marty, you became president in 2007, and last year you became owner. So give us a brief background of Dunn Capital Management, will you? Well. As you've already stated, we were founded by William A. Dunn, who has a Ph.D. He, his background is actually, he was in the military, he was a drill sergeant in the Marines. So given that this is Veterans Day and we're looking right at uh, Marine Corps birthday, this is a big time of year for us, and Bill celebrates every year. Great. He then went on to be what we would call a Beltway Bandit outside of D.C., where he was working on defense contracting. And he came to the realization there had to be a better way of making a living, or at least more honest way of making a living. And he thought maybe he could uh, start applying the ideas of trend following to the markets. And he originally was looking at the financial markets as in stocks and came to the conclusion that the population was so big that there was no way to process the data within a 24-hour period. So think back in the early 70s. Sure, right. Hard. Much different world. Yeah. yeah, you had to go down to the library and yeah. rent time on a machine and run the punch cards. Uh-huh. So you guys uh, are in time. managed futures then instead of the equities markets then? Exactly. So at the time, there was only a handful, maybe a dozen markets that were traded in the futures industry. And everything was traded out of Chicago or New York, Kansas City, and Minneapolis. And so he applied the same concepts to the managed futures markets, and it and it worked. And that's the beginning of the story. Okay, so so for many of our listeners, uh, Marty, they may not be very familiar with the futures market and managed futures. So if you could briefly describe that for us here. All right. Well, a futures contract, which is what we trade, is a legal agreement between a buyer and a seller for, let's say, wheat, hogs, grain, uh, any kind of commodity, or financial instrument. So bonds, equities, these types of things. Not stocks, but, but indexes, right? 
Right, the indexes, exactly. So it's an agreement to pay a certain stated price in a future period for that instrument. So you're either buying grain or you're selling grain at a future date at a predetermined price. So let's say that I was along a futures contract. That means I'm buying, and I have a stated price, and that price increases before we get to that date. Then being long makes me profitable. If the price had gone down, then I lose money. So we may want to be long or short. So you can be long or short, so you can be profitable or unprofitable in either a rising or a falling market, correct? That's exactly right. And unlike stocks, it doesn't cost anything to enter that short position because all that we're doing is betting for a decreasing price or an increasing price. Okay, so... so so now tell us, the futures markets, they are currencies, commodities, indexes of countries all over the world and their markets, and other markets. Are you involved in all of those? Yep. We're in 54 different particular markets, which is in seven different sectors. So we trade energies, metals, currencies, uh, interest rates, bonds, equity indexes. And then all the agricultural, well, not all the agricultural markets, but every agricultural market that has enough volume to allow us to trade. Okay. Now, the futures market, Marty, as I'm sure you hear all the time, is equated with higher risk investing. Now, the way that you guys do it, is that the case? Well, no. So I would not recommend an individual go out and buy a futures contract or sell a futures contract. I don't care how convicted they are that they're going to make money. It could wipe them out overnight. It's the only investment you can get involved in and actually lose more money than you put up because of the margining effect of a futures contract. You only put up about 10% or 5% of the value of the notional level that you're trading. So a very small move against you wipes out that margin or initial deposit that you put on with the broker. And now the broker's calling you and asking you for their money. <laughs> so the way we do it is we diversify the risk across many markets. And when people give us money, we're only putting a small portion of that at play with, to secure our positions. Most of the money goes into you know, interest rate you know, a money market type fund or buying bonds, buying municipal bonds and things of that nature. Okay, now... So we're able to manage that risk um, more tightly than than somebody that's doing this by themselves. Right. Okay. So you, you are investing long or short. At any particular time, you're going to be in about how many positions? Uh, we'll be in 54 different positions every day. Very rarely will we be out of any market. Now, Charlie, with that said, it doesn't mean we will have a large position in every market because it really depends on our conviction of the trend. And given the environment we're in today where we don't have very strong conviction, we have very small positions in all the markets, except the British pound. We have a pretty good conviction that it's falling. Okay. Okay. So so now tell us, uh, trend following, 
the question is, what is the time frame? It may be an uptrend for the past uh, three months. It's in a downtrend the last three weeks, and it's neutral going nowhere the last three days. So what, what time period do you really look at? All right. Well, we're a long-term trend follower, so we're looking at long holding periods. We can hold the same position for many, many years. We've been long bonds ever since 2008. And all the way through that period, I would have told you that we're crazy because interest rates are going to go up, interest rates are going to go up, but they never did, and we were profitable all the way through that period. Today, maybe not so much because it does appear that I have no idea what the future holds, and neither does anybody else. They might tell you they do, but they're lying. So We, we learned that in the election, right? <laughs> Don't listen to the pundits. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to happen. So the interest rates definitely appear to be moving up, which means bond values are moving down. Right. And, you know, we're taking it on the chin last month, and we're taking it on the chin this month because of that. But over the last 10 years, we've done very well. Okay. And one of the reasons is because we've been long bonds. Okay. So so now tell us, in five of the last six years, Marty, the Mar- managed futures uh, index, the managed futures industry, has not performed well at all. Okay. Yeah. Can you give us a reason why? Uh, you know, it's hard for me to tell what other people are doing. Uh, because I'm not inside their organizations, and I don't spend that much time trying to dissect uh, how they approach the markets. Speculation would be that the central banks have had such tight control over the market that it's not allowed for uh, the trends to to take hold as they have in the past. Uh, Trend following is all about time periods. So people's approach to the market may be like you were stating earlier they may be looking at intervals of three months or six months nine months a year you know this is one of the things that we are constantly looking at and our system has the ability we're completely systematic so there's no fundamental decision making here it's it's driven all by computers no discretion at all by your managers no 100% systematic. Okay. It's all, you know, the program was designed in-house. The research is done in-house. We constantly are doing additional research and looking to improve the program where we can. But the the initial signal generation that was designed 40 years ago is still in place today. Uh, It's been modified to make it better, but the initial concept is still the same. So given that, you know, we seem to be in very choppy type markets where the central bank is controlling the highs and the lows in markets. Correct. Very little inflation, very little growth. Uh, Interest rates are at zero, not much opportunity there. So that's probably the reason why these markets, this industry hasn't done well. Given that, we've done quite well. So we're the outlier in the group. Everybody has their day. And, you know, we won't always be the top performer, but our goal is that over, you know, three to time, three to five year intervals, 
will consistently be in the top quartile of performers. So, uh, Marty, hold that right there. We need to take a uh, short break. And uh, so uh, let's, uh, when we come back, let's talk about why you have four PhDs on staff if, as you say, the original program was established by uh, Dr. Dunn, uh, you know, years ago, and, and you guys make incremental changes here and there, but you employ four PhDs. What are these folks doing? Are they looking at rainfall in Iowa to determine what the heat price of wheat will be uh, or corn will be, uh, you know, a year from now? What are the kinds of things you guys are looking at other than what the stock has done, you know, over the past 12 months or so? So we'll talk about that when we return. Again, we're talking with Marty Bergen, president and owner of Dunn Capital Management out of Stewart, Florida. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Marty Bergen, president and owner of Dunn Capital Management, a commodity trading advisory firm since 1974, uh, focusing on the futures market. And as uh, Marty has told us, uh, invested long or short in 54 different markets every single day. So, Marty, again, you told us that you've got four PhDs here. So tell us why you employ such expensive and um, qualified people and, and how, how they contribute to your success and what differentiates, therefore, what differentiates you guys from your competitors in the managed futures world. All right. Well, when you were, uh, before we went to break, you mentioned looking at rainfall and determining wheat crops. I can absolutely tell you that's not what they're doing. Okay. <laughs> so the only data that we actually look at from the system point of view of driving the signal is price data. And then everything else that we're looking at is all based on portfolio design and risk management. And we're also doing a great deal of research in other areas besides the managed futures system. Okay. So, you know, we have implemented two fairly material modifications, one in 2006 where we started using a number of different revenue streams to more diversify the performance and our risk-adjusted returns. And then more recently, we came up with a methodology for determining how in line we are with the given market environment. 
So we actually have somebody here that had designed, in their Ph.D. thesis, they had written and done a study on something that was very helpful in what we were doing. So it made it easy for us to implement this this new variation where we, in our industry, people have basically a fixed risk approach where unlike equities, managed futures, you're allowed, you understand your exact risk every single day. You know the value of your positions, you know the volatility of your, your positions, and you know what the chances of outside losses are given any position you're in. So we've known that the whole 40 years that we've been trading. And we've always targeted a fairly high risk compared to our peers. And there's a number of reasons why we do that, and all of which are very important. But what we've determined now is we have a methodology where we can dial our risk up and down on a given day, depending on the market environment. And when I talk about this, Charlie, a lot of times people think, oh, risk on, risk off. No, that's not what we're doing. It's not a light switch. It just adjusts gradually on a day-by-day basis. So if the markets are trending and it's a good environment, we dial the risk up. And when the risk, when the markets are not doing as well, we tend to dial the risk down. Do you use volume in markets uh, in any way, or is it strictly the price trend? That we, we look at volatility in the market especially in determining risk of the position. And we do look at volume to a very smaller degree. Okay. But both of them play. We, we look at as much data as we can. We collect all the data we can. And part of what the research, part of what the PhDs are doing now is they're looking at some of these other variables that are in the market to ter- determine if there's something significant about this data that could help us improve the system. Okay. So so tell us now, uh, in, do you use derivatives at all? Do you use options? Um, you know, uh, do you use leverage in any way? Well, the only leverage that we use is what's built into the futures contract, as I was talking about the margin and the right. fact that you're only putting down a deposit. So in that, given that, there's not a real need to use any additional leverage. You've got enough risk already there. Um, we do not use any options currently. Everything we trade is on a regulated exchange, so the counterparty is the exchange, so there's no counterparty risk. We don't do any, we don't enter into any transactions directly with an investment bank where they're on the other side of the transaction. Everything is on a regulated exchange. We only trade markets that have very high volume so that we can never dictate the price by our trading. Okay. So so tell us here, Marty, uh, you, you have spent many, many years uh, here there, there with Dunn Capital and in that industry. Uh, why do you think an investor or an investor's advisor should consider an investment in managed futures? Uncorrelated returns is the reason why every individual who has any investments should have some allocation to managed futures. It is the only investment class that has absolutely no correlation to equities, bonds, or anything else that you can come up with. And more importantly is 
credit crisis of 2008 or any other high-stress environment for investing where every hedge fund out there and every investment strategy out there, they all become very correlated. When things go south, everything goes south, except managed futures. You know, we have a saying here, uh, we have a saying we've used many times, that uh, the only thing that rises in a bear market is correlation. Exactly. And what happens to managed futures is they become oppositely correlated during those environments. So this is the perfect insurance. And the only question is, how much are you willing to pay for that insurance? And the cost is, you're... You know, if you lose money in the investment or the opportunity cost that you've given up by allocating funds to managed futures. So by being more volatile or taking on more risk than what other guys do, what it allows people to do is allocate less of their resources to our strategy to get that insurance. But the other thing I like to think of is we still outperform most of the other indices on a regular basis. I'm offering insurance that they don't have to pay anything for, and that's the key. And it's important to me because we don't charge management fees either, Charlie. So I'm totally driven on incentive fees. The only way I get paid is when my clients make money. And I've never had a client yet complain about paying me a fee. Well, that uh, can certainly be different from uh, the world that uh, most investors are used to here. So, uh, Marty, tell us a question we like to ask all of our guests here. What keeps you awake at night? (laughs) Well, I think uh, this month will keep me awake. We've raised a whole lot of assets over the last three years. Uh, we've been rated one of the top funds in the industry over that time frame. And I constantly vet our investors and explain to them the risk that they're taking by investing with us. I always like to ask them if they open their statement and they've lost 20% in one month, what's their response going to be? I mean, this is not something that can't happen. It happens 1% of the time. So, you know, some people tell tell me they want to think about it, I never hear from them again, which is fine, (laughs) because I don't want them invested if they're not comfortable. Most of them tell me that, oh, no problem, I'm going to add money, I'm used to risk. (laughs) Well, when it happens to them, that's not exactly the way they respond. (laughs) We all know that. (laughs) Yes, and I've, you know, we've lost 12% last month. So, so far there hasn't been, you know, any phone calls or any concerns but I'm waiting to see, you know, how people respond to a bad period. Okay. Well, I've got to hand it to you for your transparency here. Um, you well, know, I, I don't think we've had anybody come on this show, Marty, and admit that they lost 12, 12% the previous month. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me add, tell you this. I make more than 12% in a month a lot more times than I've lost. It. Well, understood, or you wouldn't be in business since 1974 here. So uh, no question about it, uh, those kinds of things would, would keep somebody awake uh, at night, depending upon the, the particular clients, and we've got to hand it to you that you're uh, 
you're transparent to clients and you want to make sure they understand the risks because we all know how many people have not understood the risks uh, at various times. A second bo- a question we like to ask of all of our guests, Marty, what is what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Uh, I would say Mike Covell's Trend Falling book. Okay. Uh, I read that several years ago. Very interesting book here. And uh, Mike is uh, hiding out in Thailand these days. Otherwise, we would have him as a guest on the show. Uh, but well, yeah, I trend following, no question about it. That. That, 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 has come, uh, that has come on very, very strong. And um, so let me ask you a quick question about that. You know, commodities have had a tough run. I mean, uh, for several years here, uh, gold started, uh, I don't know, three years ago. And then commodity, uh, uh, you know, copper and others have had a tough run. Have you guys been able to catch the downtrend in many of those commodities, uh, including energy and oil? Well, one of our best markets over the last five years has been energies i mean if you remember oil went up to over a hundred dollars a barrel and yeah down to below 30s and and we you know we rode that whole trend up and we rode the whole trend down it was one of our top money makers in that course of time so, so these are exactly the kind of markets yeah. we like. Okay. So like most trend following systems, what you want is a trend, either a trend up or a trend down. What you do not want is choppy markets, correct? We don't want choppy and we want consistent trend. So we don't want to see a trend that automat- then has a big break in the trend, accelerates the other direction. Those are exactly the worst type of market. A trend follower, if you have a a trend that gets started, then all the different trend followers are all getting on the trend, getting on the trend, getting on the trend, and then if it immediately breaks and goes the other direction, that's the worst-case scenario. They've bought the high and sold the low, and that's exactly the opposite of what we like to do. So, Marty, uh, give us uh, contact information for those of our listeners who would like to learn more. All right. Well, we're easily Googled at Dunn Capital, D-U-N-N Capital. Our website is dunncapital.com, and just go on there, and you can get all the contact information for our offices. Okay. And, Marty, final words for our listeners here. Uh, I think the biggest thing I'd like to impart to them is, historically, investments like ours were only available to accredited investments. It's the same old adage, you got to have money to make money. Well, now we have become available through Arrow Funds, who has started tracking our strategy. Now, understand, they've only been doing it with us for a year, and they're, they have a managed futures fund that's in place for a number of years. I don't think their performance has been that, uh, that profitable in the past. Uh, we started trading for them in October, and we're available there. There's another. There's a number of other mutual funds that are available that are trading our type of strategy, but most of them have lower volatility, and therefore, if you look, these are exactly what you were talking about when you look at the indexes over the last several years. Um, there's nothing to write home there. Okay, so... Uh Final words here, any encouragement um, anywhere in particular, uh, and any prognostications on the markets? Don't know the future, but I'll tell you what Bill Dunn used to tell me is 
it's always best time to buy is at the bottom of a drawdown. And the second best time to buy is today. Great. Well, thank you very much, Marty. Uh, uh, we appreciate those words very much. And again, you guys have been doing this for 30 years in a very challenging industry of commodity uh, trading advisory in the futures market. So, uh, Marty, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Charlie. Have a great day. Again, we've been talking with Marty Bergen, president and owner of Dunn Capital Management out of Stewart, Florida. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio and octalkradio.net. Um, and uh, we invite you to contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing all of the veterans listening a very, very, our greatest appreciation for what you have done for our country and for the world. And we'd like to li- uh, wish all of our listeners an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.